Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. So, Matt, you came over to my house the other day for, for a beer and you brought the family. Uh, you were coming back from a soccer game, one of Holden's soccer games, and he was wearing his uh, soccer jersey and everything, but looking a little scraggly on his, on his head. <laughs> yeah. And then Katie yesterday was like, did you see Holden? And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, she said that she saw a picture and he got uh, some fancy new stylish haircut. <laughs> he, he did. <laughs> so he has, uh, I don't know if people have seen pictures of him, probably not too much, but he has this big mop of curly hair, uh, curly blonde hair. And, you know, it's kind of been his kid hair. It's just been like his trademark look <laughs> forever. But uh-huh. it, I don't know, now he's in second grade and I just want him to like, I just been wanting him to cut it. I keep encouraging. I like I like change. I like seeing things be different and just trying new things. So I keep encouraging him to get something different, like get a buzz cut or something. And uh, finally, he was going again, and I I told him he's really, as I mentioned before, he's really into soccer and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in particular. Who I think even non soccer fans know. My sister knew him when I mentioned him. She said she sees him in like People Mag, whatever these gossip things are. Blah. He's like out and about in those things. So anyway. <laughs> Um, he, just like I, just like a few, a few months ago, I brought a, I brought a screenshot picture into my haircut. That was, that was of a video game soccer guy (laughs) and said, I want this haircut. He brought in an actual, uh, Ronaldo picture and, uh, Ronaldo has kind of, has a curly look right now on top. So we said Holden could do this, this version of a Ronaldo Uh haircut and he did it. Now he, now he looks, looks cool. I think he's got, he's got to, he's going to get it trimmed up a little bit more to make it a little bit more edgy, I think. But, uh, but I'm, I'm quite happy. And, Does he uh, like it? Yeah, he loves it. He was he when he got home, he thanked me so much for having the idea for him to get that haircut. <laughs> oh, that's great! You know, I fun. feel like we can't we can't get a haircut. Even a family, <laughs> anybody in the family now, it's, it extends out to the entire family. We can't get a haircut uh, without without bringing it up on the podcast. Uh, no, so. it's just it's a nice little subplot to our podcast. Is the whole haircut <laughs> story, <laughs> which is it's, I mean unexpected to say the least, because I I would have never. Never even thought I was into haircuts, but uh, it just seems to always come up on this podcast. <laughs> I think people people think we're really into butt coats and haircuts. I think. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's uh, so that's cool. We got a new look in our, around our house, and uh, I myself need a haircut pretty soon, Doug. So I do too. I'll, I'll yeah, I think we're, we're kind of on the same haircut schedule. So, <laughs> yeah. so anyway. Um, Okay, nice little segue here. You, one might think of a haircut as a as a form of self improvement, uh, and in fact, in the book I read recently, the guy does get a uh, gets a haircut, and he even gets plastic surgery as a form of self improvement. Oh wow! And uh, that's what we were talking about today. I'm, it's I'm not going to lie. This the past uh, I don't know ten days have been have been a period of like existential crisis for me, Ooh. where I I mean not not I'm not upset about it. It's not painful it's just i feel like my my the foundation on which i stand has been shaken it just i feel like I, my whole life not, not my whole life probably since high school the focus for me has been on stuff that that you could say in some form or another is self-improvement or personal development or nowadays it's a whole movement called self-optimization which i kind of didn't didn't realize that there was this whole movement happening i sort of thought that because it's something that i was always into that I was sort of just going, you know, down this rabbit hole as it developed. And I didn't, it somehow just didn't occur to me that other people were observing that the whole culture was now all about self-optimization with, you know, all the all the new wearable gadgets. But not just that, also the, all the whole habit hacking and, mm-hmm. you know, everything Tim Ferriss and Dave Asprey uh, and all those guys and some girls too, that, that they're all about. You know, it, it's all about how do you, you know, do this 10% better or or you know, the find the eighty twenty in this situation and, you know, just hack this so that it becomes, you know, you're superhuman in this area. So I didn't realize that was kind of all a a big cultural thing. I just kinda of thought I was into that and knew what was going on in that space. Um but anyway, I read this article. It came I subscribed to this newsletter called Further, and I think you might as well, Doug. I do, yeah. Uh by Brian Clark, who used to be the author at Copy Blogger. And uh he's somebody who, you know, now and then I correspond with a little bit. And I always read his stuff because I think it's a great sort of uh very, very good balanced survey of this whole 
self-improvement, um, human potential sort of space. And it's not like, you know, he doesn't go overboard with these little hacky, like you need to drink this much green tea and this exact amount of almonds to get the right sleep. You know, he didn't get into that. It's just good principles, and I like reading it. Uh, but anyway, the article this past week was about, uh, you know, the art, the head the head art, lead article that he linked to was called Improving Ourselves to Death, and it was from the New Yorker. And uh, it was basically this this woman's thesis is, I guess that that this whole thing is is really a waste. This whole thing of trying to get better, um, because really it's kind of get better for what, right? Like we're we're you know all about this stuff, and it's and it kind of becomes this entirely uh, selfish, self-centered thing, and it's very very closely tied in with social media, which is one aspect that I have not gotten into really. Thankfully, I think that. That has, uh, you know, helped me feel a little bit better about this whole situation. Like, I don't feel like this is asking me to totally change my identity. It's just sort of, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know what to think. I read one of the books that she mentioned in it, which was called uh, Desperately Seeking Self-Improvement, which is where these two business-type uh, authors, or sorry, business school professors, I believe, they spend a year, you know, typical, like, happiness project type thing where they spend a month doing each of a different uh, activity in the self-improvement, self-optimization genre. And uh, they do it sort of, I wouldn't say it's satire. They kind of go into it, I think, expecting to, um, you know, expecting not to really enjoy it or expecting to to make fun of it. And the book's kind of a funny book. It's not like a, a serious investigation. But they do actually, I think, treat it fairly. And they, they point out when something was really interesting. And they talk about the stuff that actually did stick with them after the year. And uh, anyway, just just kind of reading it and looking at all this stuff through this lens, it has made me look at everything I do, every minute of my day, basically. And I'm like suddenly suspicious of every activity and saying, "Is this? Am I just doing this because I think it's going to make me better in some way?" Um, basically, for some indefinite future date. At which point, that never comes because we just keep getting better for the next moment. And then, when in the end, I guess the the fear would be that you get to the end of your life and you kind of never did anything, but get yourself ready for something you know like it, i don't know um and the fact that it that it all sort of excludes uh or precludes maybe uh interaction and care about other people like it, all this stuff is just so much focused on yourself and the guys in this book actually mentioned that that they throughout the course of this year it was like the, the least they've ever really talked to friends or you know interacted with their wives and and just sort of like became totally self-absorbed so I don't know. That that definitely was eye opening for me and making me wonder um, about about choices and and explaining some things. So I don't know. I'm excited to kind of talk about it because I know Doug. I've always been the sort of the personal development, uh, the guy who argues for that on our podcast. And you're a little bit more of the uh, skeptic and sort of more uh, enjoy the moment maybe type of guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to just seeing what your thoughts are and seeing seeing if I can uh, arrive at some sort of solution here that makes me makes me happy yeah well i'm you know uh first of all i think the listeners would probably appreciate if you turn off the heater which, what it <laughs> like sounds like there's a heater on in the background um but i think i was i was quite taken aback by you sharing this article with me because i'm also a, a subscriber to further but i admittedly are not always keeping up with with his emails and so i didn't i missed this one and uh you're the self-help guy you're the tony robbins guy you're the life hack guy or you know not not necessarily hack but uh, but you know habits and goal setting and and all these things very motivated by um setting a fitness goal or a meditation goal or or some sort of some sort of driver that that keeps you focused on 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 self-improvement and um and this article is, is really an argument against all that and then you said that you had already purchased and started diving into some of the books that they mentioned in there and uh I was, I was quite taken aback by it, but you know, I think we should we should mention here that what we're talking about is is really anything self help, right? We're talking about um, setting like a running goal or a meditation goal or your your um, morning pages, and and all these things are are we think of them as being good, right? Diets even we we think of them as being um, good for your health and good for maybe other people, good for your mental state, uh, but is it really that important to be good at all that stuff? I guess is, is kind of the underlying question, right? Yeah, that's that is uh, kind of the question I've arrived at. So, like, I think it's pretty clear 
that there's a that there's a uh, you know in the extreme case or there's the case when you picture a good there's a good quote in the book where they talk about um, Dave Asprey who's the bulletproof bulletproof coffee guy uh, mm. and that whole bulletproof everything guy and they talk about him like when he was this is in their in their first month when they're focused on productivity which is probably the the biggest offender of this whole area the productivity hacks mm-hmm. um, they talk about him and writing his new book and then I'm just gonna read for a second this is in the course of six manic manic days. He had only slept two and a half hours each morning, keeping himself energized with his bulletproof coffee while sending electric currents through his brain. He used a standing desk with his feet on a bed of nails. During short breaks, he did a one-minute handstand, his palms pressed against a vibration plate. He'd been doing all this for six days, and he was, he assured his audience, kicking ass. That, to me, is kind of like the whole thing that I've gone away from. Like, mm-hmm. this whole, like, culture of, like, we should be doing all this stuff to optimize every minute of our day and like if you're not doing this and not drinking this and not doing this exact precise routine then uh you know you're, you're wasting your time or you're not unlocking your potential and i don't know i, I just think it's i think it that there's like there's this kind of stuff that i think is pretty clear to a lot of people it's kind of silly and it's especially silly when that stuff then goes to the internet and you start putting all all of those things you're doing taking pictures of all those activities and they're all on instagram and facebook like that, I don't think there's too much. Well, certainly there's some controversy around that for people who are into that. From my perspective, when I read like those things, I'm like fine, I, those I am out on, and I have no problem with recognizing, you know, that, that when we get obsessed with that stuff, we start to sort of lose sight of what we're actually here for. <laughs> um, so, you know, and they they kind of become distractions, honestly. When what you're trying to do is is focus, <laughs> so. Right. That stuff is is easy, I think, to to you know pick and choose. I guess what Wait, you want. He really but... stood on a on a bed of nails. <laughs> I I think so. That I don't. They weren't taking a direct quote from him when they said that, uh, but I believe so. So let me just read another paragraph just of the things that they started doing. <laughs> this isn't about him, but this is one of the the things the guy wrote down um, in his notebook to do during that first month: turn off alerts, ignore the news, exercise, drink lots of water, say no, hug pets, silence the inner perfectionist, get rid of to do lists. Declutter, use productivity tools, do unpleasant tasks first, eat breakfast, get enough sleep, make verbal commitments, make bad habits difficult, set realistic goals, and keep all meetings short 30 minutes or less. So, like, a lot of those now, see, that's starting to get into the stuff that we talk about all the time as, like, pretty solid principles. But when you hear it all like that, it just starts to sound kind of crazy. So... By the way, what's funny? They do. They mention uh, Jeff Sanders' book in here, Five AM Miracle. One of the guys oh, really? starts. Yeah, do, I don't know if Jeff knows about that. Uh, they don't. They don't really like rip it apart or anything. They, they actually use it as a as a good example. Um, but anyway, so oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that, again, still like that's starting to get closer to what we want. But then later they go on. And they they one guy gets really into CrossFit and he does that and he Instagrams all his stuff and he eats all this food and you know just does that. They get into meditation type spiritual. They do yoga, um, all as part of their their experiment to dive into self self help or self improvement or self optimization. And I am wondering where is where is the line? Like, if you buy the premise that that self improvement just across the board is bad, and I'm not saying we have to buy that, but I mean, is keeping yourself in shape so that you have you know some uh, good amount of energy and you're not you're not bedridden uh is that self-improvement or what about just making good diet choices not i guess the ethical thing aside because that's sort of not really a self uh thing so much but but just eating health food so that you are energetic and you don't get sick eventually or hope not to get sick um meditation i mean been around forever yoga been around forever but does that does that make these exempt? I mean, a lot of the self help stuff, like apparently, it all kind of began shortly after the Great Depression when uh, Napoleon Hill did his his thinking go rich, grow rich, and just the whole movement kind of came from there. And then Tony Robbins blew it up, and then now there's Tim Ferriss and Dave Asprey. So like a lot of the recent stuff you can separate, but some of it is ancient, good, you know, good solid advice. So right, I'm I'm right. confused. Yeah, no, it it is confusing. It's very confusing because. I mean, I guess, I guess I'm not, you know, I, this is this, this is coming from the skeptic here, right? This is someone who doesn't uh, read all the self-help books and isn't into Tony Robbins. Um, but is self-help, you know, is, is the act of, of 
doing something for yourself to be more productive or to lose weight or to, you know, get fit. Is that even a bad thing at all? You know, right? I mean, is it is self-help, you know, if you don't take it to the extreme, if you're not staying up all day, minimizing your obsessing over what drinks you're taking, you know. Yeah. I mean, is, is it bad at all, right? Right. And the easy, easy, but like, I, I think very boring answer, and often the, the right one is boring, is, is that it's all about balance, right? And like, you should do a little bit of this stuff. You should do the certain amount of exercise that's probably good. You should make, you know, eat a reasonably healthy diet. Should we have a standing desk that has a stand instead of sit? If sitting is, is the new smoking, then then if that's true, then yes. I don't know if it if it actually is or not. Uh, I, I know there are studies that kind of assert that. Um and a podcast on Nomad Athlete Radio. Right, about it. We didn't assert it. We just we just no, right. cited some of the things that I was trying it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess one of the questions is, if these things make you better in some way, better able to, more effective at life, uh, what, you know, what is it for? If they're just making you more effective so that you can be better at CrossFit, then unless, unless you've decided that CrossFit is your reason for being and, like, that's your... your your life's practice and that's where you get joy unless that's the case then then it kind of feels like you know you're chasing your tail by trying to get better at stuff so that you can just be better at self-improving um well, so see, I, you know I'm and, see, and see i don't you know like in the context of running right i mean i know i'm never going to be a professional runner uh you know in the in the in the sense that of being sponsored. i thought you already were yeah you're sponsored <laughs> by ultra and uh hoka and all that well <laughs> i mean you know, what do you think I, we pay I, you for, Doug? <laughs> You're I'm, not be, I'm not going to be on the world stage of winning races. How about that? <laughs> okay. Um, well, the Black Mountain Monster stage, you won. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. Never mind. So as a professional runner. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Okay. <laughs> as a professional runner. No. Um, you know, I, right. So I, I do workouts. Workouts specifically for getting faster or being stronger or being able to run longer right and the only reason to do that is to improve on my own personal bests right or to do decent at a race you know that's not going to get me any sort of fame or anything like that but just uh because it's a goal that i've set for myself and it's something that i want but it's not you know it's not really helping anybody else it's not really even helping my career or anything like that right it's just uh because it's something that i want and I'm improving on it, and I work hard on it. But is that you know is is that a bad thing? I guess is the question. Yeah. Well, I I mean I would argue that if that is sort of your practice, and like that's you know the way a yoga teacher or or meditation meditator uh, has a practice, <laughs> you know then then I would argue that that's probably sufficient to to justify that as an activity because i mean aside from the exercise benefits that come from it you know it's a pretty good hobby to choose um having a hobby that you care that much that brings you that much joy just for its own sake and now i am assuming here doug that you don't need to share your good results on instagram or facebook or or even just telling people but like that's not where you get the joy from running and having accomplishments i mean certainly maybe some little added benefit comes from that i would i'm not saying you should you should never tell someone about your good accomplishments um but it's much deeper than that, I think, for you. And this is interesting that you bring that up because actually as I was reading all this, it was sort of explaining for me a lot of my own running or lack of running motivation and similarly lack of motivation for some of this health, self-help type stuff reasoning. Like I, I used to love Tim Ferriss' stuff. I thought the four-hour work week was really, really good, insightful stuff. But then as he kind of became the self-improvement, self-optimization guru, I, I started tuning out. Like it just got to be too much minutia and tiny little hacks and everything about hacks, hacks, hacks. You know, I, I got out of all that. But at the same time that I was getting out of all that, uh, that's also when my, my interest in running waned. And not that surprisingly, maybe not coincidentally, it was after I had accomplished the two, you know, pretty large goals that I had ever really had as a runner. So, I don't, you know, for running, as I've always mentioned, like running for me has never been this joyful activity that is fun just for its own sake. Like I can recognize benefits to running. I certainly feel better after I'm done and it's a great way for me to get out and I feel like I'm in a really good mental state to listen and absorb things when I'm out running. 
But it's never been just this joy of running, and that's why I've always been a very bad and consistent runner uh, if I don't have a really big goal. And so what I kind of wonder is, as I started to be a little bit kind of disillusioned, I guess, by the whole self-improvement thing, um, and just started pulling back from it a little bit, that was sort of the same time as I got less interested in, in running goals. And I honestly can admit, like, way less interested in sharing running successes because that was the motivator in the early days when that when the goal was the main driver for me as a runner um you know a big part of it was being able to share that and be seen as accomplishing this great goal that i i and many others thought i couldn't do right so like as as that became less important to me though that is when the running got less interesting to me so i don't know i that's that's my perspective and that's why i think for you it's a totally valid activity um but it's you know but i can't from all that say then it was an invalid activity when i was doing it see that see see that's like that's where i struggle with this whole this whole premise i mean it kind of the article kind of makes fun of or, or kind of puts down this idea that you know that doing something so you can brag about it on social media automatically makes it bad right and i'm not sure that that's true you know i you know i mean like I, you know, I'm not the type of, per- I mean, I do upload my runs to Strava, so you could say that I am, but I'm not the per- type of person who is trying to always, you know, log every run on Facebook and brag about, you know, where I've been and what I've done and my paces and each workout and all that kind of stuff. Right. But at the same time, you know, if that's what motivates you and that's what kind of gets you to get in shape or, um, I don't know. I mean, like, why, in, why is that a bad shape- thing? I mean, if that's, I don't know, if that motivates you to get in shape because you were previously unhealthy and you couldn't live a normal life and now you can, or now you can expect to live a lot longer because you're actually, quote unquote, in shape, then that's a good thing. But, uh, you know, imagine the CrossFitter who's now in shape and continues to just, mm-hmm. you know, do this. And, and, may, and I'm not saying all CrossFitters like this, but it's easy to just stereotype and and imagine one who who is doing it in very large part because they are into the whole experience of sharing the result and bragging to friends and and getting bragged to by the other friends in that culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm I'm really not trying to bash CrossFit here. I know it's easy to do because it's a non-vegan, typically thought of as a non-vegan crowd, um, and that that's not what I'm trying to do. It's just that even in this book, they kind of you know paint this picture of sharing your stuff and taking a picture of the muscles and all this. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, that's not just getting in shape. That That is now doing it for the sake of doing it. And if a huge part of the doing it is just the bragging, uh, then I don't know. But but certainly that's not it, right? A lot, a lot of CrossFitters get a ton of personal fulfillment from it, and it's just their thing, and it makes them feel good. And I don't think there's something. I don't think there's anything wrong with that if it's if it's your hobby. So, so so why did you why why do you think you were so into into self-improvement stuff and not just not just on the running level but i mean productivity level you know sleep level i I mean you've 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 kind of gone in many many directions of self-improvement yeah right and so the guys at the end of this book sort of try to theorize they they draw some conclusions not really based on any science just kind of conversations and, and talking and they eventually decide that it is for you know three reasons that people do it um one of them being just just kind of transformation, the idea that that by doing the right stuff, you can transform and kind of become this person that you just didn't think you were or had this maybe, you know, tiny sense that you could be someone, but you're not that and it takes some work to get that. Um, that's That's been a huge part of it. It's like just the kind of this thought that I can take these actions, I can apply myself in this way. And when I come out the other side, I'm this new different person and as i mentioned within the context of haircuts i like i like things to be new and different and that's that's really exciting to me um so that was so before we move on for that like is that is that really a bad thing right if you get joy out of the process right if you know like like when we go to the casino right because you like to gamble and and i like to gamble with you because i like to ask you questions and (laughs) you're always trying you're always trying to kind of hack the the game that we're playing right you're you're paying you know you're not counting cards or anything like that but you're 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 paying attention to the 
way the ball is rolling on the roulette table. You know, you're, pay, you're paying attention to um, how things are going on the blackjack blackjack table, and and you're you know you 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 note these things down. Where it's like your average gambler like me wouldn't really pay attention to that. Like we'd focus on this on in the hand, right? That we that were been dealt, right? And and you get joy from that. I mean, I think you have a lot of fun with that. And part of that is isn't I mean, you're improve you're trying to improve and hack and right improve uh, the situation right? right right yeah um and and i don't think it's a bad thing but right? but that doesn't that kind of imply then that if you're always trying to improve the situation then that means the current situation is never good enough and yeah. i think that's the main problem that you can get into with self-improvement is you you start to only live for the better future and you and eventually mm-hmm. it's all gone and you never had a nice happy today so Wow, that was good, man. <laughs> I mean, I've thought about this. That that's what I think is is the problem. So then, when I've thought like, okay, then the other extreme would be, I I'm not going to do anything. Not that I'm going to do this, but I could not do anything that I think is at all for the future. And I'm just you know just enjoy the moment. If anything starts to seem like putting off current pleasure for something down the road, uh, then I'm not going to do it. And that doesn't seem like a very good answer either right like pretty right. soon you you end up just a mess and and it's it's not good at all i mean i don't think we need to go into why that seems bad <laughs> uh, maybe some people would argue against that or argue that that is the way to live um but i don't well, know i think most people well, would I mean, say even it's in, in the between. article you know i mean like part, towards the end there they're talking about um you know someone who's just uh you know very okay with mediocrity and, and the whole point of his book is just you know like, don't worry about anything. Stand firm, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and you know, be totally okay with mediocrity and not trying to strive for anything more than that. Yeah, um, and that just seems so depressing to me. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> me too. And so that's actually a good, a good um, segue into the next point I wanted to bring up, which is that, as we've said, there are some things that seem kind of silly. Um, and, and when something is only for its own sake and its own sake is largely because of you want to other people to see that you are achieving this i I think for the most part we can agree that's not a great thing um if it brings you some tremendous fulfillment apart from that then then it's good but i don't know i I feel i just feel like if it's only for others to see then it can't really be that good in the long term it can't be making you that happy but like some so, so some things like running and crossfit like they can they can maybe be this kind of gray area but things like like what what if we learn how to overcome procrastination and and lots of research and lots and lots of new science and technology is now kind of helping us to understand things about how our brains work and a lot of these things about how our brains work are these old you know no longer needed leftover obsolete sort of mechanisms that are built in from a time when we were running from saber-toothed tigers right these these fear things or when getting rejected and kicked out of the tribe was the worst possible thing that could happen to you and now like now we've we know that that this fear is sort of this thing that we all have this tendency to to have in our brain mm-hmm. but we also know that like we can step back and say but that doesn't really apply in this modern world in the same way so i'm going to take these actions to overcome that to sort of hack my brain and get around these things that, that are kind of designed for an entirely different era like if we can find this way to sort of, and this is where this human potential term comes in, if we can get access more of that human potential by just just understanding what kind of biases are there that don't really apply anymore. Um, but even beyond that, you know, it, it, when it comes down to implanting technology in our brains, that's kind of just a, an extension of that same discussion. I kind of don't see why, how that might be bad. Right? Like if, if we can find tricks that help us not procrastinate, then shouldn't we do those things? Because no one is is not procrastinating so that they can share that with their friends. Well, maybe they are. <laughs> Actually, they probably are. But yeah, I know they are because there's a the whole Pomodoro technique. Right? People share that all the time, how many Pomodoros they did. But that can help us in a lot of other ways too. So there is some stuff that I think is kind of a clear like, yeah, we, sh- we should be doing that, uh, even if it's not for its own sake that interesting it, because it helps us with other things. Now, interesting right. aside, I've actually heard from Brian Clark at further. He talked about procrastination, and he said there was some research that suggested that maybe we shouldn't be so eager to learn how to, you know, 
beat procrastination because it's actually a, um, it, it might actually be that our subconscious is not ready to do something yet. And, and this isn't, I'm not making fun of this as like a mumbo jumbo thing, but they have this research that demonstrates that somehow it has to do with perhaps us not being ready and it's actually serving some purpose. It's preventing us from doing something we're not ready to do yet because if we were to constantly beat procrastination, we'd be, you know, maybe overextending ourselves, getting into stuff we weren't ready to do and perhaps not be fulfilled, not happy because all the anxiety or whatever that has resulted from it. I can, I can actually, I can believe that for sure. Like if we were, if we were really 100% focused, you know, 100% productive, 40 to 45 hours a week, you know, working hard, then, yeah. I mean, it would just be so exhausting, right? I mean, I that's, know, what, I think, I that's what you do. Isn't that what we, what we pay you for, Doug? <laughs> yeah. That's what you told me you did every day. Well, oh, you know, I mean, sometimes I, you know, sometimes I have meaningless conversations on a podcast with you. <laughs> <All right>. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I, like I have that hour a week, you know, and then, but the other 44, you know, are definitely, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, but you know, I, like if, if it was all creative all the time and you're working your brain to the right. max at all the time, like it would just be way too exhausting and, and you would, I feel like you would burn out, right? So I think sometimes those, that procrastination can serve a purpose. But at the same time, like if you're, if you're getting notifications all the time or if your web browser, it has a uh, hundred tabs open and they're all kind of drawing your attention at all times, like that, that's just, that's not good either. That's not a good use of time. I would rather be more effective for an hour than less effective for two hours and, and instead spend that hour really focused on reading whatever's drawing my attention, you know, on right. the browser, right? Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I think for me, what it comes down to when it, when it, as far as habits of, uh, you know, exercise and yoga and weight loss and meditation and that kind of stuff is, is why you're doing it, right? Are you doing it because you, feel like you should be the person who does it because you want to look like the person who does it um, and, you know, and promote it on social media or just have this kind of aura about you that like I'm the yogi who's always carrying around my yoga mat or I'm the, um, you know, I'm the guy who meditates and that's why you can't reach me before nine o'clock because I spend an hour meditating every day. Um, you know, are you doing it for that reason? Or are you doing it because it makes you happy? And if it, if it does fulfill you in some way, if the act of it does, whether it's, running or yoga or meditation if it makes you a better person makes you happy then i see absolutely nothing wrong with with going after those things right. because if you're happy you know if if it's really meditation which is a completely self-absorbed thing right i think so i mean um, you can do it with intention to sort of help others but yeah you're but, right. but you're, you're sitting by yourself yeah. you know literally doing nothing you're um, plugged into the collective consciousness though don't <laughs> well, okay <laughs> You are that, um, but uh, you know. Aside from that, you're doing nothing. Um, you know, if and, you're, and if you're doing it for a half an hour, or, or if the process takes you a full hour a day, um, but it makes you happier and it makes you a better person outside of that hour, like so what? You know? Yeah, I know, and and that's. I have thought of my own, you know dive into the personal development stuff in those terms right i've thought about like the tony robbins stuff like if reading that makes me just feel really good then it can't possibly be bad right i mean certainly there are things that make you feel good that aren't bad but or that are bad but like you know i thought okay if it's something that i actually enjoy if it's not so that others can see me achieving or whatever um but i actually i just can feel this making me happier and more fulfilled then it seems like a good thing but I've just, what I've kind of wondered now is like, maybe that was sort of an illusion. Maybe it seems like it's making me happier, but if I really am truly honest with it, maybe it's only seeming like it makes me happier because it is promising this improvement down the road or this better, this transformation down the road. And the faith in that is what makes me feel good and excited. Uh, But that's basically saying now's not good enough. So I'm, I'm inconclusive there. I don't know the answer. By the way, that was I mentioned transformation, and we never really went further. The other two theories that they had about why people, what this whole craze was about, um, the second one was death. The people were afraid of death, terrified of dying, and even of aging. And that somehow this whole self improvement kind of promised, like, yeah, if you're you're maybe getting worse in this one way by getting older, because that's kind of how our culture views getting older. You may be getting worse, but 
by improving, you maybe maybe in the balance you're actually getting better because you're getting yes you're getting older, but you're also now better at this. So that was the other one, and the third one was about market value. That by doing all this, you were kind of making yourself more valuable to the market as an employee, as a business owner, or whatever. Uh, and I can see some of those. I don't I don't really see the death one so much, but uh, I think the the first and third. You don't I see can, the death one? That surprises me a little bit. No, I don't know why. You, you've, you've, I've heard you say many times that you want to live forever. Yeah, I'm kind of just in denial of the whole death thing. That's, I'm just not, okay. uh, not, not accepting that that's going to happen. Yes, <laughs> so that's why I don't, I don't worry about that. I see. And yes. then, like, what about, you know, sorry, I, we're just going to kind of go around in circles and all this. I think. <laughs> well, that's okay because that's what I've been doing for the past ten days. So I, I think basically <laughs> I wanted to get it recorded and hope that you'd, you'd give me some new insights and that people could. I hope people will have the same conversation in their heads too because. Like I said, this has been uh, this is shaking things up for me, and I'm and I don't know where I've come out on it. You know, like what if what if you're you are actually unhealthy, right? And but running doesn't make or dieting, you know, that doesn't make you happy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get you excited. But you are legitimately unhealthy, and but you have a family that relies on you, um, or you have family and friends that they love you and they want you to take care of yourself. And you're like, if you're feeling the pressure of this self-improvement um from them i mean is that a bad thing yeah then it's not then it's not uh, selfish anymore right i guess not then i mean then, then it's a totally it then them. it's a completely selfless act if you're only doing it for other people yeah. uh yeah I, I don't know about that one that's uh that would still be self-improvement and it would not be subject to all this other people that uh, i mean these things that people assume self-improvement is which is which is self-centered and focused I yeah, don't know. I've, That's a good one. But it's it, that that one's kind of addressed in this article too, which you know we're talking a lot about this article, and no one's read it. Most people have the article. Read it. By the way, again, is improving ourselves to death, and it's in the New Yorker. So we'll link to it in the show notes. Yes, of this episode. But there's uh, um, I'm trying to find it here. You know, you do you. How how to be who you are and use what you've got to get what you want. You know, it, but and it's basically like. <laughs> the life-changing magic of not giving a, an F, you know, like stop spending time doing what other people want you to do and just do what you want to do basically. Yeah. Um, and that would kind of go against this whole, like doing it self-improving for. Yeah. That's, that's actually really interesting, right? Cause this whole self-improvement is about, it's about only paying attention to yourself, but I think it has kind of become with that being the culture that now it's expected, right? That now, now you are expected to, I think in the bullet points for that, uh, that the one that life-changing magic one, which by the way is not the life-changing magic of tidying up. It's a, it's play off of that name. Um, not for you, but for the audience listening, because we talk about that book too. Oh, no, I'm just <laughs> um, they, you know, they talk about like, like having a bikini body, right? Like that, that is this expectation that people have. And you could think that's self-improvement. You're going for that. That I think that counts as self-improvement, but if the self-improvement is motivated by other people, then it's, I guess then it's not good either. Right. <laughs> but if it's just have a normal body so that you can be a good, a good adult and a good parent and a good family person, then I don't know. Then it's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to, I did want to bring up the life-changing magic of tidying up because we have, we have mentioned that on many episodes. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the decluttering is not exempt that, that they do a decluttering thing in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also do a language learning, which is another thing I've talked to you about. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to take sidetrack this, but I kept coming back to that. I was, I was reading, saying, but I'm learning this new language now, and I'm loving that. And I'm not doing it for any expectation of other people. Uh, I don't care if anyone knows that. But they're treating that as if that's self-improvement and just trying to hack language learning and do that. But like, if you just get joy out of learning, it, even without the result, if you just get joy out of the learning process, it's hard to think of that as a bad thing. But go ahead, Doug, with tidying up. Tidying up, tidying up to me, uh, that book I think to me was one of the most. You know, I've, I've read Four Hour Work Week because you recommended I do it, or I actually listened to it, I didn't read it, um, and you know, and I got some things out of it. But I, I feel like reading Life Changing Magic, tidying up, and going through the entire process of touching every single thing that I owned, and deciding whether it you know served or brought me joy or served a purpose and all that, those things. Uh, you know, that was kind of the epitome of of self-improvement life hack you know cuckoo-ness for me mm-hmm. um just because you know i don't i don't really read a lot of those books and i don't do a lot of the things that that you do um 
and but I loved it. Like I like it really was life changing. Like the ex- the whole experience, while difficult at times, was was really rewarding in the end. And and I feel like it served a big purpose in in decluttering my life and and kind of taking, you know, allowing some space for me to breathe and for as we were bringing the baby in, you know, like for new stuff to come in and allowing us to feel okay with all that. Right. Um, and so it, like, it was this kind of self-improvement thing that really worked for me and it worked for Katie too. Yeah. It's interesting that you call that a self-improvement thing. Cause I was sort of surprised to see that they include that. Like that to me seems like one of these sort of obvious, like, I don't know if it, it is rooted in any sort of like mental bias to hang on to stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if we do just have this, Thing that like if things are, if resources are scarce we should hang on to everything we have and we shouldn't we shouldn't get rid of things and we should just as much as we can possibly handle in our space we should fill it up uh, from a survival sort of perspective that would make sense but I think if we can sort of recognize that that's not and it's pretty obvious to recognize that that's not doesn't apply anymore then it makes sense that you would put some put forth some effort do what isn't natural and clear things out and then you know it doesn't take that much effort after that to maintain it a little bit but not much. And then things are better. And I, I think that sort of, to me, it goes in the no-brainer section. Like, <laughs> right? Like, like well, it, not. It, I don't know. I just don't. I, I don't. I, I don't think there's anything wrong. Can't pay anybody to an extent that. of like, of like, uh, I don't know, getting rid of certain things that that you're not using anymore. But you know, I mean, it, it was time-consuming process to, to oh, yeah. like literally take out all of your clothes and put them on your bed. You know, and to yeah to go through every single thing it was a time-consuming process that was not particularly fun right i didn't you know after a while i started looking forward to it because i knew that it was going to bring me joy right mm-hmm. but uh and, you know at the beginning i was like really anti it <laughs> not anti but just didn't really want to do it and you know just it, it's it was unnatural for me to to do that uh, in a in the way that that we did it um in mm-hmm. in the way that the book suggests so for me it was kind of a self-improvement type thing. that that's pretty interesting I think that points to a, um, the, a difference in between me and you, which you know I knew existed. But I think that's it's interesting that that uh, I, I when I'm recommending that I would have never said I'm recommending a self improvement book to Doug. Um, so it's very telling, right? That that to me that doesn't even count as self improvement, and to you that that you know is as much as you've done. Right. <laughs> I mean, at least of the of the obviously all the running is is improving yourself, but you know. <laughs> what do you, I don't know what are you trying to say here man I, I wasn't trying to say that you never improve yourself <laughs> of course you do but it's just the only thing you know something you would call this is this is clearly in the self-improvement category that this thing I'm doing now mm-hmm. well so, I mean so I think you know for me it we I I kind of I share a lot of those same um, views on setting big like running goals and the importance of small steps and the importance of solidifying habits you know they talk about triggers and all that stuff they kind of in this article they kind of poke fun of at all mm-hmm. that, and that's all stuff that we talk about a lot yep um and for me i you know i i, I can understand that and grasp that and believe in it um and see the value in it when you're trying to set a running goal or when you're trying to get in shape or get stronger or whatever i i think that the difference is that um it, for me it, it typically stops with things that i want to do mm-hmm um, you know, like, like I want to be a better runner. Um, you know, I want to be a better drummer. Right. So I'm trying to apply some of that to, to drumming as well. Um, but I don't have nearly as much motivation for like productivity hacks and right. sleep right. hacks and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, you probably have a healthier, a very healthy perspective on this whole thing would be my guess. Cause I mean, that seems like, I, I would imagine that the, the right answer is going to be an easy one. And that seems like a pretty easy one, right? Like <laughs> if it's actually bringing you joy and you can step back and say, that isn't just fake joy because it promises some brighter future ahead. It's actually joy in the moment. And it's interesting that you bring up jump drumming. Cause that's another one that I have thought of for me. That is just purely like in the moment, it is fun and feels good to be getting better. Even if I have no intention of ever playing out in a jazz band, I don't even like jazz music that much. It's fun <laughs> to practice it and see myself get better at it. Um, but, but it is just to get better at. So I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not sure, but I think, I think you have a very healthy perspective about this, which is why I was looking forward to this conversation. Um, anyway. So, so one thing when we were going over what to, or how to frame this discussion, you mentioned was uh, a question at the end and and I'll let you bring it up because I think that would be a good one for us to, to kind of wrap this conversation up. Yes. So I, I hope I'm thinking you're referring to the same thing that I am. Um, 
I read an article yesterday, and this is one I shared on Twitter and Facebook, Doug, which you know I don't, I don't do that very much, so I must hey. really like something. <laughs> uh, I also don't read Medium very much, but it is, it was a post on Medium. It actually was shared in the next issue of Further. So by the way, go to further.net if you want to get this good newsletter. It's free, and it comes out once a week, and it has all these good links to thought-provoking things. Um, and it's by a woman named Chris Gage, K-R-I-S, who I've never heard of before, but apparently she's a very popular writer on Medium. And uh, it's called The Work of Knowing What You Want, So Few of Us Know What We Actually Enjoy. And her whole premise of this article is she's actually just kind of talking about her own uh, challenge that she's having. And it's sort of trying to find, you know, like, what do you do? Let's say, let's say we do swear off self-improvement, or at least we say we're only going to do the meaningful things, the things that really matter and are good. And so she kind of asks, um, you know, she says she, it's very easy. And I do the same thing. It's very easy to always have things in terms of money. And like, if, if you can, if money is out of the picture, right? If you are not allowed to practice the drums because you harbor some secret hope of, of becoming a professional musician or be a runner, because that's, you know, you somehow think that somehow maybe that will be your career one day. Um, so, so right, there you go. <laughs> so if, if money's out, your thing cannot be tied to money in any way. If you couldn't tell anyone, what would you do if you couldn't tell anyone? Couldn't, and as she says, couldn't post on Instagram, humble brag to your best friend, or choose on the basis of what sounded cool. Then, then what would you do, right? Like, well, what is it that you actually enjoy doing? And I've had the hardest time in the world with that question because mm-hmm. when I try to think of these things, it almost feels like things are pointless then, right? Like, if if all something does is bring you joy, and it's not at all for they're not saying you can't share this with others because you could even your activity could be something you do with another person um but if it is strictly for enjoyment strictly for fulfillment my brain goes then what's the point right then why are we why are we spending time on this if it is this you know almost trivial thing that is just to feel good then why do it and then and then you get into well then what's the purpose of being alive right (laughs) which is of course where this conversation had to end up and that's where all my thinking, and that's where I haven't gotten anywhere with this, because it ultimately goes to, so then what's the point of being, is it just to be happy, or is it to contribute something, or, you know, experience meaning or fulfillment in something that's different than happiness? And I don't know. That's, that's, I don't have a good answer to this one. I don't either. Running. Don't either. Maybe running is yours. It might be. You know, I mean, like, that. that's, like, my initial thought, right, is I would spend all my days you know, exploring the mountains on foot. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, it's good that you have an initial thought because I can't even think of anything. <laughs> well, I mean, that is that is my initial thought. But then I'm like, well, if I, if I wasn't able to share that with anyone, if I wasn't able to... You can share it with people. Yeah, I mean, you could do that with someone. You could, you could share it with someone else. You can't brag about it, though, right? You can't yeah. in this hypothetical. It's, it's not about having people reward you and say, hey, great job, Doug. That's awesome picture that you got. <laughs> or I wish I could make time for that. I don't know. Can't be about that. So that's the question. I don't know. If you want to read this one, it's on Medium. As I said, it's called The Work of Knowing What You Want. And uh, this one, just as good as the other one. Not as not as, as foundation-shaking, but uh, mm-hmm. sort of helping to, to steer me in the direction of a, of a solution or an answer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, so it's not record podcast with, with Doug Hay? No, it is not that. <laughs> but, but I would say at some point, no, but see, then I, then I, this falls into the making money thing, right? At some point, uh, I would, I would have said that that what made me the very happiest was was publishing some new content, whether that was a whether that was a blog post or a podcast, and wanting to sh- put my message out into the world. Mm-hmm. But that's all about sharing on social media, right? <laughs> you have to share that on social media to get it anywhere. And right. it obviously eventually ties back into money because nobody athlete turned into a business, and and I always hoped it would. So, you know, it's like that one doesn't count. So, well, so I mean, I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is we, we could launch, we could go in circles <laughs> with this oh, totally new discussion as well. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I guess like my my kind of question with uh, or counter to this question is is like, if your passion makes you money, like. That's not a bad thing either, I don't think. I mean, you know, like if you oh, start, yeah, sure. do, if you start focusing it on money, then, uh, then you know, then you kind of run into some issues. But you know, like just because you you have 
been able to make money off of putting content out into the world doesn't mean that putting content out to the world is a bad thing. That right. That's very true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think she the writer actually starts to decide I don't remember actually exactly what she said, but but kinda of starts to think that maybe it has to do with writing. Uh, because she does truly love writing, but then that she's in the exact same situation. I would imagine right. she does this professionally now. Um, for what it's worth, she does have find three qualifications for something we do simply for the sake of doing it. She says we do it simply because it brings us pleasure. Uh, it's healthy, especially in the long term. Oh, and by the way, that pleasure is also in the long term, not not just right now and it's bad later. Yeah, uh, and finally, it builds on itself in terms of substance and skill, and. That's interesting because then it becomes self-improvement, kind of. Yeah, right. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh-huh. So if that's allowed, then then lots of these things that I, I start throwing out right. um, are allowed again. So anyway, I don't think we need to arrive at an answer. Um, I certainly haven't. And I also haven't, this isn't me saying, you know, I'm out on Tony Robbins and I'm out on, you know, anything else. Uh, I, it just, it has made me kind of suddenly look at everything through a different lens, like with a little bit of an eye of suspicion and saying is this is this really a good activity for me uh i've just kind of assumed that anything in the i'm getting better realm is is a good thing but uh i'm not so sure now and i think so i'm, I'm quite happy at just having reached that point right i'm happy to have read this mm-hmm. and be thinking in this way yeah, I think uh, that's a that's a self-improvement right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. No, no i think i know i think with anything that you're into it's good to look at it skeptically skeptically yeah, skeptical, right. whatever that word is. Except for religion. <laughs> we don't need to go that. <laughs> we don't. We don't need to go down that. Um. No, but I, but I, I think uh, you know, and then you can come out the other side either either more gung ho on on self improvement or right. or True. less. And maybe I will. Right. That's that's why I'm going to make that clear. This is not me saying we're not doing it anymore. Because honestly, then we'd have no content to do. If we couldn't talk about <laughs> all the things we talked about here, you know, what was left? Right. That's true. That's true. We'd have to just be ethical vegans and nothing else. That's right. All right. Well, this was fun. Hopefully people liked it. A little bit different maybe, but uh, it's been a while since we did a long extended conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad we did. Yeah. Me too. All right. Anything else to tell the nice people before we sign off, Doug? I don't think so. No, I don't either. Thank you for listening to us, and uh, we'll be back next week. Sounds good. All right. Bye.